Hey, Michigan, let's talk golf. Here's Mike Sullivan, the most inconsistent golfer ever. In your life have you seen anything like that? And Kyle Bogey, wait, how can a guy with that name host a golf show? We'll never know. Better than most. It's the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast. Powered by our presenting partner, Hall Financial. Another episode of the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast, Bogey and Sully, and we are actually really, really honored and excited to get to tremendous interview uh, with current PGA Tour player, Brian Stewart. Great conversation with him. Got a chance to talk to you know his Michigan connections. Local uh, guy. Oakland Grizzly alum. I know, Sully, you're very excited about that. So uh, looking forward to chatting with him here coming up on the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast, powered by our friends over at Hall Financial. Uh, and look, Sully, there was a massive controversy over the weekend, okay? <laughs> no, no, I'm serious, okay? We had the Zozo Championship going on. Excellent comeback win by Patrick Cantlay, hunting down Justin Thomas and John Rahm, or John Rahm, as some people like to say, okay? I don't like Fantastic stuff. You don't? No. Why? He, there's just something about him that I just don't like. He's he just seems arrogant out there. He's always complaining. <laughs> he certainly cheated when he won that one tournament. You know, there's just he didn't know he cheated. He, he's one of those guys where you know everyone seems to hate Patrick Reed or hate Bryson or hate Brooks, and I I think that John Rahm should be hated a little more. Oh come anyway. on! <laughs> I just think Rahm runs hot. That's it. Yeah. He's just a big dude, a powerful dude, and when it doesn't go well, he's a bull in a china shop and just gets pissed. But that's not the controversy that we're, we're referring to here, okay? Rory McIlroy wore a hoodie his entire final round of the Zozo Championship Sunday, and the collective golf elitists of the world, the old man golfers out there, kind of lost their minds. Oh, yeah. And I simply don't understand what the big deal is. If it's a little chilly, if say it's fall golf right now, what is it, 45 degrees, you know, right here in Royal Oak where we're recording this, why is it such a weird thing or a frowned upon thing to wear a hoodie on a golf course? Because it, it, it's just no class, Kyle. It oh, breaks come off on. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm just messing. Uh, no, so that's the funny thing. We did post this on Metro Detroit Golfers Facebook and – I mean, Kyle, there were hundreds and hundreds of comments that came through on this. I will say that based on the straw poll that I did of people, it seemed to be about 85% of people didn't care. But I'll tell you what, there was that 15% of people that were on there, and you can go look at the forum and, and see that. There were people on there that were talking about it and saying you know what, guys, I, I just think it's a bad look. I like the pageantry of the game. I like the etiquette of the game. This this just isn't right. We did get those comments. Most of the people seem to not care, though, and I, for one, I, I really don't care. It's not – it really isn't that big of a deal. I, I don't see why uh, – why golf still is so strict with the dress code. I think, if anything, they, they probably should just lighten up a little bit, too. I'm not saying go wear jeans, but I, lighten well, yeah. up a little bit. See, that's the thing. Rory wearing a hoodie on Sunday at the Zozo Championship, you would think that he was wearing denim on the golf course, honestly. like He was he just rolled up to the golf course, and he's got these tight little denim jeans on and maybe like a Tommy Bahama you know, short-sleeve button-up or something. Like, he looked ridiculous. I didn't no, see the big deal. Just a hoodie. Everything else looked great. He had his, his nice Nike hat, his wonderful Nike shoes, and his terrific Nike pants. Looked fantastic. Played very well, actually, on Sunday as well. Made a run. I, I just don't get why you look at that, yeah. and you can't just enjoy the golf. 
you, you need to focus on. I I can't believe that there's that hood that's hanging off the. Do back you think of his the head. average person really cares though? I mean, even I don't think so. When tour players were interviewed, Brooks Kepka was the other night. It was. Well, a great Q and A with yeah, Brooks Kepka and Jenna Sims, it was, it was by awesome the way. On Instagram, I don't know if it's still. It's probably not there anymore because they only last twenty four hours on IG. But if you got a chance to watch that entire Q and A thing that they did, Which great did. stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it took a little shot at Bryson DeChambeau as well. But <laughs> no, I don't think that the average person really cares about the hoodie on the golf course. I think that some people, maybe the golf elitists, will say this is wrong, and you know this dress code should be enforced more and stuff like that. But I think that the average tour player and the average golfer in general really doesn't doesn't mind or get offended if someone's wearing a hoodie on the golf course. I don't think. I think there's a lot of people out there that actually care. I just and I don't get it. I'll never understand it. But golf is changing. It's evolving. I mean, we've talked about you know the drinking on the course and mixing no, there you is, know things like yeah, that. There are certain there people that think that, old school, that shouldn't happen. Yeah, right. Yes, I, I think Harold yep. Varner the third which is one of the greatest golf names I think ever. Harold Varner III. You want to talk about golf elitist. Yeah. Just fantastic. Yeah. But he's a really fun guy, younger guy, and just seems to be a genuine you know, human being. He said it best, I think, uh, on Twitter or one of his social channels. He said, the fact that we're talking about wearing a hood on the golf course is one of the problems with the game of golf. Mm-hmm. The fact that we're talking about this on the podcast yeah, right now, it shows you just how much golf needs to – Loosen up and relax a little bit. I, I even, you know, saw. Okay, you mentioned the Brooks Kepka Instagram live that he did with Jenna Sims. I think that there's a lot of other things that could potentially be changed as well. Meaning, when Brooks was playing golf on that on that Instagram live, he didn't have a shirt tucked in. No, you know, and and I shorts think that shorts on, which is another thing that shorts aren't even allowed on the PGA Tour. Where <laughs> it's like 95. <laughs> that, that's that's crazy too. Where you know. Now the PGA Tour finally came around, and oh, thank God, they generously now allow shorts during practice rounds, right? How generous of the of the tour to allow that. I don't know why there aren't shorts allowed on tour. I don't see that huge of a deal if your shirt's untucked, um, you know, hat backwards. I, I think that... Uh, okay, see, now there, you're going to bring the golf elitist out of me. I don't like the hat backwards. But I'm saying there's a lot of <laughs> things like that that if you watch a lot of the tour players, you know, just on the course... Not in a tournament setting. I think they're wearing their hat backwards. I think that their shirt's untucked. And and if you want to say that, hey, during during tournament play and this is work, this is professional, they should, everything should be buttoned up and tucked in. You know, it's not a hill I'm going to die on. But I do think that there is that evolution of golf etiquette and golf apparel to something where now a hoodie's acceptable. I think soon shorts are going to be acceptable on tour. I think that's inevitable. And they should. Yeah. I think that's inevitable. The the only thing I guess I would push back on and you know you can call me uh you know a square for saying this, majors or any of the bigger tournaments like the the FedEx, you know, playoffs or something like that, I all all pants, you know, really w- well-dressed, professional. Any other tournament though, I'm sorry, the Zozo Championship, wear a hoodie. You know, it, Detroit Golf Club here in the middle of summer when it's hot as can be. Wear shorts. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. The majors, like the masters, that's never going to happen. No. <laughs> shorts, hoodies, none of that's going to be allowed. I can you know, get on board with that, I suppose. Everything else, though, come on. Well, but you even heard stories from Brooks Kepka, and again, we keep mentioning him, where he has said that he's gone to play courses, private courses, in his spare time when he's practicing or whatever. And he said that there's been times where he's been practicing at private courses, 
And there's been someone from the club come up to him and say, "Sir, can you please tuck your shirt in?" You know, <laughs> Brooks to, Kepka. <laughs> to Brooks Kepka when when he's been at a club and he does it, you know. But but I think there's guys like that. There's young guys like him. There's young guys like Matthew Wolf and Cameron Champ and certain guys where there is that next new age of golf where I think that you are going to see some backtracking of those those golf etiquette golf dress code type things what a boss move by the way just to go back to brooks and you know continue with the conversation about the q a that he did with jenna sims finishing the q a on ig uh his stories or her stories with his shirt off in bed i know with jenna sims just i mean you want to talk about a guy that just flexes yeah i mean that is one of the ultimate i I don't know what course he was at but he said he was apparently seven under through eight holes just playing by himself just effortlessly think about that too okay if one of us were seven under through eight holes and darkness ended up coming and we couldn't finish that nine or finish the 18 and a record round for us We'd lose our mind. You'd like that'd be way, awful. Yeah. Brooks is just yeah, couldn't finish. Came home, you know, had dinner, got in bed, whatever. It's Go remarkable. Home. It is. It, it is. It's it's bizarre, but no. Well, he uh, you know certainly is is in his top condition, top form right now. I know he's getting ready for the Masters. You know who else? What other company is always in tip top shape and always does a great job preparing for everything? That's Hall Financial, Kyle. Oh, uh, it really is, and you know, Hall Financial is. Catering a program. They actually created a web page for the Metro Detroit golfer that is out there. Okay, hallmdg.com. You can go to hallmdg.com and find out some more information. Again, they're trying to reach the local golfer, trying to take care of you guys who are just so passionate about golf in our community and in our state. Hall Financial has been around for many, many years. I've worked with them twice. Sully, I know, got his first mortgage with Hall Financial. They take great care of it. They always deliver five-star service and Look, rates are going to continue to be at an all-time low here moving forward. You want to take advantage now. Just go check out HallMDG.com. They really are the best team. Yeah, and again, I encourage people, HallMDG.com. Just take a look. They're going to be able to help you out. I've sent plenty of people their way who have also refinanced, who have purchased a home. So the reviews speak for themselves, guys. That's HallMDG.com. So... We're really thrilled to have a current PGA Tour player uh, joining the Metro Detroit Golfers podcast for the first time. Hopefully, this is the first of of many appearances. Brian Stewart going to join us here in just a second. And, you know, this is a guy who has, you know, a win on the PGA Tour, has been playing some very good golf as of late. He's he's basically top 25 right now. I know it's so early. He's top 25 if you look at the FedEx Cup rankings right now. And I saw, I believe it was... uh, it was last year, or the year before, he was 51st he finished in the FedEx Cup standings. Just on the outside oh, looking God, in. That's like, but no, Brian has been playing great golf, and uh, you know, as you mentioned, Kyle, Oakland University alum, just a local guy that, that you know we've gotten to know over the, again, we, we talk about the strength of MDG, through MDG and, and what we've built and what you guys, the listener, have really built. We've gotten to know Brian, and he has been nothing but supportive of the entire MDG community. He specifically told us afterwards the interview that you know when he's back for the Rocket Mortgage, he'd love to to do something with us, and, and he wants to to stay in touch and do some more interviews. Could not have been any nicer, and could not have been any more supportive of the local golf here as well. Great guy, someone that we want to support, someone that hopefully we can all go watch uh, at the the Detroit Golf Club, the PGA Tour event uh, in downtown Detroit this upcoming summer. 
a great conversation. Let's just dive right in. Brian Stewart, uh, the first PGA Tour player to join us here on the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast, powered by Hall Financial. And Brian Stewart joining us here on the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast. And, and Brian, one thing I, I uh, you know, wanted to ask you as well, and I know we had Tom Gillis on, and thank you to Tom for putting us in touch with you. That's been awesome. Could you talk to um, talk about Michigan golf as a whole? Because I think it's been awesome. You've played well there, seeing the Rocket Mortgage Classic and seeing a PGA Tour event back in Detroit, but you've played all over the world. How would you describe Michigan golf? Uh, you know, you're very close to it. Yeah, Michigan golf is, you know, it's such a great golf state. Um, there's so many great golf courses. Um, everybody seems to be very passionate about golf. Um, you know, there's a lot of, I, I call them old school traditional golf courses which is kind of my favorite to play and I guess that's why I grew up playing it and I I I appreciate that kind of golf I guess but um you know it's like I said it's such a great golf state playing the the rocket mortgage two years two years ago when we had fans it was such a an awesome experience um hopefully next year be able to have fans again well, it's it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, the PGA Tour, at least to me, has done one of the better jobs of any of the the professional, uh, you know, sports leagues that are out there. I mean, the NBA bubble obviously was a huge success. But uh, with you guys traveling all over the world, uh, you know, you have to uh, basically take your own precautions. I, I think the tour has been exceptional in, you know, continuing to play, making sure that there are protocols in place. Anyone who tests positive, you know, you have to retest and get negative and all. I, I guess your view of, of navigating this very odd season in this odd world on the PGA tour. Yeah, it's been tough. It's been strange. It's been different. Um, all of the, all of the above, I guess. Um, I think we just, you know, knowing that we had to make some sacrifices to be able to get back to play. Um, you know, it was it was important for everybody to be on the same page and to to stick to those protocols. And like you said, it, it's been um, a, a huge success. I think. Um, obviously, we've had some positive cases, but uh, for the most part, it's been uh, it's been great. Is it is it easier or harder to not have the fans there? Because I gotta believe some guys might not want you know ten deep essentially of fans you know lining the green or lining the fairways, whatever. It, some might perform better with with a bunch of fans there has it have you noticed a difference i suppose yeah you know i think we've gotten used to the no fans the atmosphere that way but um to start with it was it was definitely strange it was definitely <laughs> a little weird to to not hear the you know the roar or the the clapping or anything like that but you know i i can see it from both ways it's it's easier in some respects but it's also it's you know it's nice to have the fans to get you get you going, get your adrenaline going, especially when you're playing well. But um, yeah, it's been different. That's for sure. One thing I would ask Brian, I know is, is we're talking about Michigan golf too, and, you, and you're originally from Jackson, obviously you went to OU and, and is there, uh, you mentioned a lot of the traditional courses here in Michigan. Is there a, a collection or a few that, that really stand out to you that you've played the most over the years in Michigan? You know, I, you know, I grew up in playing, country club of jackson a lot that's still yeah. one of my favorites to play um I, I remember playing point of woods in the western am a few times that was such a great golf course and then playing you know detroit golf club that's definitely one of my favorites um there, there's just so many you can't can't count them all but um yeah those are kind of a couple that stick out to me yeah, it's got to be cool too when you play in the rocket i mean not obviously not this year because no fans but the first year right i mean just 
when you're in town, there's a huge, there's, there's buzz, there's articles, and I'm sure you get hit up by a ton of family and friends. That's got to be cool, right? Playing in your home state because there are, there aren't a ton. Um, well, there's a ton of great golfers in Michigan, but in terms of the tour, obviously we mentioned Tom Gillis. We've talked to Donnie Trosper, who's made it had two tournaments this year. Jake mean, you are extremely, you know, uh, you know, have a ton of great finishes on tour, but um, that's got to be cool coming back to your home state. That was probably one of the, uh, the most special golf moments of probably my life. Um, and then to play well, finish, I think top five or something like yeah. that. But uh, It was absolutely awesome to feel the the support, the energy from, like you said, all my family and friends and just Michigan fans. It was uh, pretty special. We we've touched on the, the journey, you know, that it is on the PGA tour, how difficult, you know, it can be. So to finally get, that that first victory on the tour in 2016 at the Zurich. I mean, I'm seeing you smirk and, and light up a little bit, even as I just bring it up. But can you even awesome. describe a, a, what that feeling is like to ultimately get that that first victory? Not really. You know, it's pretty surreal. <laughs> uh, still thinking about it now. It's just like, wow, did that happen? Um, it's, um, you know, it's just kind of, a, you know, you, you think about all the hard times, the tough times, the hard work you put into it. And to uh, be able to kind of pay it off and to to have that on your uh, that notch on your belt, I guess, to PGA Tour winner. That's pretty cool. Got to ask you, obviously, because of that victory, you had the the privilege to play in the Masters. And which I mean, I just can't even imagine how how amazing of an experience that would be. Um, Had to have been just beyond special. I know you said Detroit was was incredibly special for you, but playing in the Masters has to be just unbelievable. Yeah, um, you know, first time strolling up Magnolia Lane, pretty uh, pretty awesome. Uh, and teeing it up, you know, first round, um, you know, definitely some some nerves and some, uh, but yeah, it's awesome. What a what a amazing place, and um, it's going to be cool to see how it looks in November. So it'll be exciting. One thing I would ask you too, I think a lot of people, whether it's been Brooks Kepka, he's talked about how. Um, you know, he's had not feuds, but talked about uh, the locker room and the PGA Tour and whatnot. Is our tour players, are you guys all kind of friends with each other? Is it friendly? Is it competitive? Are you closer with some guys than others? How does it work from, uh, from I'm thinking, an average fan listening to this podcast right now? What would you say to, to just that question of are you friends with everyone on tour or is there that trash talk, competitive type stuff that maybe other sports have more of? I think – there's maybe not so much of that. I think yeah. golf, you, you, uh, you trash talk more with your friends than you do with your, uh, <laughs> your not friends, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think there's, you, you're definitely closer with some, um, some guys other than more than others, but, uh, for the most part, everybody's pretty friendly. Mm-hmm. You got to have a, a good perspective being on the tour as well, because, you know, I, I think most guys understand you're, you're not going to go out there and win every week or every other week. Or, you know, there, there are guys that you go out and win once a year and that's that's an amazing accomplishment. So I guess how do you keep in perspective, you know, top 10 finishes, top 20 finishes and just making sure, you know what, you're playing good golf, you're making a living, you know, you're doing as well as humanly possible and not get on yourself. You know, if you're not winning, you know, that often, I suppose. Yeah, it's tough. Um, you know golf is one of those sports where you know if you're you know the top 10 20 players in the world they're they're really good and <laughs> everybody below that is really good too um but it's it's you know you just have to kind of keep it in perspective like you said it's it's hard sometimes you know you, you think about those shots you left out there 
changes a top 20 to a top 10, that kind of a thing. But, um, you know, like you said, anytime you're, you're keeping your card and, you know, top tens and top fives, those are pretty good finishes. Is there anything else before I know we're wrapping up here? And we certainly appreciate your time. You mentioned just some incredible stories on tour with coming back to Detroit. We talked about the masters. We talked about your victory, anything else that you think our audience would find interesting in terms of a story or, or maybe just a memorable experience on tour. I think that you've you've played everywhere. You've got to see everything. And is there anything else that really just has stood out over the years that, that you would say uh, to someone listening? You know, it's, it's, um, not really anything that sticks out, but it's just such an amazing um, thing to be able to go around the world and play yeah. the absolute best golf courses in the world at their prime condition every week. It's we're so spoiled; it's ridiculous. Um, it's um, it's it's pretty awesome. That's all I can say. Is, is there when you're talking to average golfers like us? You know, we're we're both seven handicaps. Sully Sully will beat me every now and then. I'll beat him every now and then. We go back and forth. But I gotta believe you get questions all the time. You know, from random golfers. You know, maybe a fifteen handicap, whatever. What's the biggest piece of advice or biggest question, maybe, <laughs> that you've gotten uh, from people like that, like us? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, you always get the question of, you know what can I do to make my swing better? That kind of thing. And it's, it's like, man, I don't know. It's tough to, uh, tough to narrow it down to one thing, but you know, the, the thing that I always tell people is, you know, if you work on your short game, that's going to make your score down faster than anything, anything else. I guess I'll just finish with this because it's one of the most topical uh, things in golf right now with what Bryson's doing and just pounding the ball. And, and I think there's been a lot of controversy with that. There's been a lot of controversy with, with slow play. That's something that Tom Gillis came on and told us he is extremely fed up with in golf right now. What would you say to, I guess, twofold, um, what Bryson's doing and then also just the topic of slow play right now in golf? Well, Bryson's doing is, you know, amazing to be able to, you know, swing that hard, that much ball speed, and then be able to control it on top of that. It's pretty, pretty awesome. Um, And, you know, slow play is it like, like Tom, I've heard him talk about it many times. It's, it's, <laughs> there's no need for us to play, you know, five hour rounds. I think, you know, the last couple of years we've tried to, you know, improve that. And I think it has a little bit, but there's still ways to go. The, the biggest thing is, you know, a lot of we're just not not ready to play when it's your turn. That's that's kind of the big thing, you know. Um, yeah. Are, are there certain guys, I don't need you to name names, are there certain guys on tour where if you see the sheet that you're paired with that, that you think immediately, oh, great, this is going to be a slow round? No question. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's run down the list of all of those guys. No, yeah. no that, that has to be frustrating. Yeah, you know, sometimes it is, um, but we're pretty used to it. You know, it's we're never going to go around in four hours and threes just because it's, there's so many guys out there and it's just, you know, you're, you're playing for important things. So it's, um, but we can certainly play faster, no doubt. And that's something that obviously Tom is huge on this. I know Brooks Kepka said similar as well, where um, if you're playing a lot of guys on tour, which I think fans still don't even realize that this actually does happen if you're not happy with the pace, there are guys on tour who will slow down deliberately just so you get put on the clock and then it gets sped up. That actually does happen from what I've heard on tour at times. Yeah, I've heard that as well. I haven't uh, seen that myself yet, but uh, I have heard that. Yeah. 
You know, for, uh, for many years, I, uh, I've heard, and this has been like this, this theme or whatever, when people talk about golf, that, you know, golf is a, it's a dying sport. It's an older sport. We got to get young people into the game. And I've, I've had the complete opposite view. I think it's only getting younger. I think it's only getting more fun. We have the gambling aspect, the drinking aspect, the fun aspect. And then this past year, I think it was TaylorMade that, that said, there's 7 million either new golfers or people that pick the game back up. So I think golf is as healthy as ever. Is there a balance in your mind of trying to make sure that we keep the tradition, we keep the the gentlemanly, uh, you know, I don't know, history of Pageantry, golf? But also, yeah, yeah but, but also young it up, have some fun, be a little bit more loose, you know, moving forward. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, there's definitely a balance. And like you said, I, I think – you know, especially on the PGA Tour, it's only gotten younger the last few years. I'm, I mean, I'm 38 years old and I'm one of the old guys out there. So <laughs> it's um, every year, everybody gets taller, bigger, stronger, hitting it farther. It's, um, it's, it's, a, it's amazing, really. Um, you know, when I first came out there, it was, you know, distance wasn't really uh, a big advantage. And I, I, I think now it's kind of like a, it's a requirement to to have to be able to compete week in and week out well brian just i guess to to wrap up here what's the uh what's the schedule like the next uh you know few weeks where are you headed uh and and i guess how can we uh you know keep tabs on uh, on what's going on with you yeah playing uh bermuda next week and then going to houston and then uh, i think we have a week off and then it's the rsm then we have thanksgiving and then uh, mayakoba to wrap up the year so it's gonna be a busy stretch i guess well, I encourage everyone on Metro Detroit golfers to continue to follow Brian, support him. Let's hope there's there's fans at the Rocket uh, next year. I assume you'll be back. You know, I'm not going to hold yeah. you to that, but I assume yeah. that you would be. Um, so thank you, Brian, for coming on, and we certainly appreciate it. We'd love to have you on again. Sounds great. Thank you, guys. Appreciate yeah. it. What a great guy. Man, uh, easy guy to root for, not just because – you know, he's a, a Michigan native and a guy who's going to be playing here, I think, in the Rocket Classic, uh, you know, at Detroit Golf Club for, for many years to come. But really just seems like a guy who appreciates the fact that he's playing all these unbelievable courses all over the world and actually getting paid to do it. You, lo- you love to see that. Yeah, humble. You know, and I think Brian is uh, a guy who, I mean, look, Kyle, go, I would encourage anyone, go online, go to his PGA Tour profile and look. He has been playing well lately. He is making a lot of top 10, a lot of top 20 finishes, and he's a local guy. It really is awesome to see because, you know, we, we don't need to keep saying how difficult it is to make it on tour because we know how difficult it is. But he, I mean, he's really playing well, and and he's really just turning it into, he's turned it into over the years a a great career and a, a very profitable career with all of these top 10s and top, top 20s that he as uh has been achieving well he also is he's still doing it his way you know we we talked to him about you know bryson and the the arms race essentially to get longer and get your your ball speed up and your club head speed and he just admittedly you know a a shorter player he's not going to be the guy that bombs it out there but you know what he's going to do he's going to hit fairways and he's going to hit greens and he's going to stay in contention and give himself a chance going into the weekend you you as much as we appreciate what Bryson's doing and I think everyone is impressed yep. you know with it you also have to have an appreciation for guys who are just continuing to do it their way because you don't want to ever lose yourself or try to do something or be something that you're not especially on the tour 
do it your way. You know, I hit the ball 300 yards off the tee. Kyle hits it 240 <laughs> yards off the tee, yeah. right? You know, uh, <laughs> but but no, it, it was great to have Brian, uh, uh, an Oakland University alum, which is awesome. But also, Kyle, um, I mean, the first true active PGA Tour player wow. that we've had on Metro Detroit Golfers podcast. Guys, if that doesn't speak to you, the people and the community that we've created and the fact that this has gotten something uh, that we've gotten so big and this community has become so popular. I don't know what will, because that is a, a prime example of you, the listener of you, the person who has been, you know, at the forefront of building this with us. And I think that's awesome to have someone come on like Brian, who is the best of both worlds in that regard. He's a local guy. He is a Metro Detroit golfer. And he's also a, a guy that just happens to have a tour card as well, you know? So so it's really cool to to chat with him, an active PGA Tour player, and, and I'm Kyle. I know I speak for you as well. I'm very, very, um, you know, humbled by the fact that we get to continue to do these interviews because it's awesome just to be able to have these types of conversations and and support uh, the Metro Detroit golf community. Yeah, no, I'm I'm 100 with you, and you know, we we like to say it all the time. You know, this MDG is here because there's there's so many golfers locally that, you know, want to talk it, want to be a part of it, have a passion for it. And, you know, that's that's the way this thing is going to continue to grow and evolve and, and be fun. And, you know, hopefully next time uh, Brian's in town, which will probably be, uh, you know, for uh, at Detroit Golf Club, we'll be able to go and maybe he can give me some putting tips or something on the uh, the practice screen out at DGC to be great. You would need those. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, big time. Um, but, but no, that's uh, again, we, we thank Brian. We're, we have some more great interviews lined up and, and we definitely will circle back with him in person or Zoom or both. Um, and, and we certainly look forward to that. And, you know, Kyle, you, you have some uh, you might need some putting tips, but I also know that you've needed some work on your back as well in terms of stretching. Well, it's funny you bring that up because I'm sitting in this horribly uncomfortable office chair. My back is already starting to tighten up. So uh, I'm going to need to call Jeff and Kevin over at Tri-Covery uh, Massage and Flexibility and make sure I get another appointment. Because and they just did a giveaway on Metro Detroit Golfers recently as well. They did. Huge success. And, you know, they're only going to continue to to grow and, and look to find ways to serve the Metro Detroit Golfer, coming up with specific packages for you, you know, the MDG golfer out there to make sure that your body isn't betraying you on the course. I, I have dealt with it, you know, a lot. You guys have heard me talk about it. You know, my shoulder blade has just been a major, major problem. But Jeff and Kevin have been unbelievable uh, in working it out, finding ways for me to get more flexible and get as much as I can out of my body on the golf course. They have a couple of locations. So wherever you are, well, there's one in Novi, there's one in Royal Oak. I encourage you to look them up. Try Covery Massage and Flexibility. That's T-R-I-Covery. Dot com if you want to check them out. Yeah, also on the website, they do have a completely free golf stretching guide, a mm -hmm. manual that you can get some great stretching tips uh, specific to golfers and specific to MDG members. That's tri-covery.com. Um, all right, Kyle, so just a couple of quick announcements before we wrap up here. Obviously, um, one thing that we're prioritizing right now, you'll see it all over the MDG community on Facebook, is the fall and winter MDG merchandise. So MetroDetroitGolfers.com, you can go uh, get some of this cool merchandise. I mean, it's, it's really been awesome what, what Jeff and Lasting Impressions and what they've been able to do in terms of providing a lot of affordable options for people. There, You want to go on there, you want to get something for under 20 bucks, you absolutely can. Mm. You want to spend more and get a really high-end thing, you can for do that as well. So MetroDetroitGolfers.com for merch. And also, Kyle, um, social media-wise, as we mentioned, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and the text list as well. I cannot emphasize this enough. 
especially as January and February are coming around. We have a ton of stuff to kick off 2021 that you will need to be on there for. So all you do, text MDG to 545454, and you will get all the special updates, events, discounts, and happenings. That's MDG to 545454. I think of it like my scorecard, par five, five, par four, four, par five, five. Maybe a bogey in there, but that's 545454. Thanks for listening to the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and keep giving Sully and Bogey a hard time. Powered by our presenting sponsor, Hall Financial, and also Tri-Covery Massage and Flexibility.